Hey everybody, welcome to episode 38 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I've got a little bit of a different episode for us this week. Uh, This week I'm chatting with senior instructor at IMG Academy, Scott Becker. Uh, Scott's a good friend of mine. He's somebody that uh, I latched onto when I was at the academy that I actually worked with him on developing some of my technical game. Um, Had a lot of really good conversations with him about the game. He's super passionate about uh, helping players develop, uh, not only technically, but you know, just holistically. And so this episode kind of stemmed from a conversation that Scott and I were having, uh, when I was debriefing around with him actually last week. And, um, you know, I was talking to him about some mental stuff that I felt like I had, you know, really started tapping into because of a mental toughness, uh, journey that I'm on, uh, could, to continue to develop that for myself. And, you know, Scott was really interested in that, which we'll talk a little bit more about. He's going to kind of explain that. Um, but really interested to see, you know, what I was going through and what I was putting myself through and, um, you know, how that could maybe help some of his students. They're delivering remotely right now uh, with COVID-19 going on. And so Scott and I jumped on Instagram live and had a really good conversation. I pulled the audio from that, which is what I'm uploading here as the podcast for this week. And so I'm excited for you guys, uh, to listen to it. You know, you can obviously go over to Instagram and watch the live video. Uh, but this is a way that you can just listen to the audio that we pulled out of there uh, in regards to our conversation around, you know, just mental toughness and, uh, physical fitness and some of those things that, you know, are really important with the game of golf. So I had a really good time talking with Scott and uh, appreciate his time. Um, like I said, Scott has been teaching the game for over 20 years. He's worked with some really good pros, uh, and juniors, uh, around the world. And, um, you know, it's a little bit of a role reversal in this episode because, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of talking, uh, but Scott chimes in, has some questions. You know, we talk a little bit uh, back and forth about, you know, this journey that I'm on and how it might be able to help, you know, golfers, you know, develop their uh, mental side of the game. So excited about that. And um, I just appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, thank you very much. I appreciate you, you know, tuning in every week. It's really exciting uh, to watch this thing continue to grow. Um, hopefully we're providing some really good value for you as you're navigating your junior golf journey, either as a parent or as a player. Uh, you know, that's the main goal with this. So as always, I encourage your feedback. You can email me at juniorgolfkeys at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow me at juniorgolfkeys on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, just putting out some different content, sharing some different information there. Uh, to complement the podcast to hopefully continue to give you guys value as you navigate your journeys. Um, And before we get into the episode, I've got something that I want to talk to you about. All right, before we get into this episode, I want to tell you about my partner, Golf Kicks. They've changed the game to help you bring your off-the-course shoe game on the course. They've got golf spikes that you can install on almost any pair of shoes. They've won some innovation awards with Golf Digest, My Golf Spy, and you might have even seen them closing a deal with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. So it doesn't matter if you're a competitive junior, a weekend amateur, or you're teeing it up on the professional circuit, Golf Kicks adds some flavor and functionality to your game. 
And if you head over to golfkicks.com and use the promo code JGK20, they'll give you 20% off your order today. Now let's get to the show. This is uh, the best part of my house, but I'm out in the kitchen where everybody is. That's in all right. back rooms where I've been doing all my stuff. If Amy walks by, just tell her to wave. I don't know where to go. Okay, yeah. To the no, kitchen. This, is, this will keep this a relaxed environment with this start. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. All right. Uh, awesome. No, I appreciate you doing this, man. I think it's going to be fun. You yeah, know, we've got a couple people you. on. Yeah, you too. Um, you know, just to give you guys kind of an idea of what we're doing today, um, you know, Scotty and I work together at IMG. Scott's still there. Um, has been a longtime, you know, senior instructor at the academy. You know, really knows the game very well. And um, I latched onto Scott when I was there. And, you know, he helped me a lot with my game, um, you know, just from a technical standpoint, some stuff that I'm still working on and, you know, chat through with him. Um, and he got really interested in something that I was kind of doing on the side, uh, which is a program called Live Hard. And so we were kind of, I had actually had a call with him a couple of weeks ago. You know, we were talking about a round that I had had and I felt like I had had like a mental unlock um, just through some of the stuff that I've been doing. And um, so we were kind of talking about that and uh, I posted something on Instagram about it. And Scott, you'd made a comment about, you know, man, I wish, you know, you could talk to some of my kids about this and stuff. So, you know, that's just kind of how this opportunity came to be. And, you know, it's just an opportunity for us to kind of talk through. I want to kind of share a little bit about, you know, what I have been doing and, um, you know, how that's impacted me. And Scott, I'm sure you've got, you know, some targeted questions just that stuff that you're interested about that can help your students and other you know junior golfers and their families that are out there so let's do it <laughs> so yeah i mean what, what that's exactly what we're doing and that's how it came up so at the academy as i've shared with you we're delivering online and we've been yep. we're in week seven of our online delivery and we decided uh for most of the coaches that through the last three weeks, we were going to do 21 day habit. Scientifically, it's been proven that if you do something for 21 days, you can replace an old habit and put yeah. in a new habit. So looking at uh, your post, that's when I decided, I was like, this would be a great opportunity. Somebody that's living those habits and you've been doing it for how long? 75 hard was, was uh, the start, but you've been continuing on to next levels. Yeah. So, um, the program, I initially found it through the initial program was called 75 Hard. And then it kind of, the guy that created it, Andy Frisilla, who owns a supplement company and he does some other, you know, he's got some other companies as an entrepreneur. Um, he created this program, uh, which has kind of developed into a year long cycle. And basically, so what it looks like, and just to kind of give you guys an idea, uh, it starts off with a, a 75 day period called 75 Hard. So I started it in September, beginning of September uh, last year. And you go for 75 days, and I kind of got a little cheat sheet over here so I don't miss anything. Um, but you follow a diet, no cheat meals, no alcohol uh, for 75 days, uh, two 45-minute workouts a day. One of them has to be outside, um, which, you know, depending on where you live, depending on the elements, you know, those can be challenging. I've, you know, run some – runs out in the pouring rain and stuff like that just because it's got to get done um you got to drink a gallon of water per day read 10 pages of a non-fiction book every day and take a progress picture of yourself every day so 
that that's what you do for 75 days you slip up you miss something you fail you start over um i committed to it and i i'll say before i go into like how i started it um you know i found out about this thing and i pinballed back and forth in my own head for months you know uh can i do this you know is this something that i can really take on I was terrified that I was going to fail at it because it's a big commitment. Um, and there's no denying that. And if you look at it and you break it all down, I mean, there's very simple things, right? Follow a diet, uh, read 10 pages of a book, you know, all the things individually are super simple, but when you're talking about doing them for a length of time, such as 75 days, three months, essentially, Uh, you know, not missing anything, you know, just being regimented and disciplined. The whole journey, the whole program was built and designed to increase discipline and mental toughness. So there's obviously a major physical component in that. Um, And that's something I'll talk about a little bit as we kind of go on. But, um, you know, that was the initial program. So I finished that um, right before I want to say Thanksgiving. And then there are three phases after that. So you've got 75 hard, you've got phase one, phase two, and phase three. So phase one I did, I started January one. Um, It's all the same stuff that I listed just now for 75 hard, except for you add a couple components. You add a five minute cold shower. Um, You add 10 minutes of visualization. So dedicated visualization time sort of like, you know, medicate meditation, but you know, we talk about visualization a lot in golf. Um, you know, so that's a component of it. And then the last piece of it is to complete three, uh, power tasks is what, uh, he refers to them as, which are three things that you want to commit to doing every day that are going to help move you forward in other areas of your life. So, you know, I chose some things around my faith, um, you know, just some other disciplined areas that I wanted to make sure that I was, moving myself forward in those areas that I was going to complete every day. So that's a 30 day period. So I did that in the month of January. Um, then I just finished up phase two, which is, uh, another 30 day period in April. So I did that for the month of April. Um, and it's all the same stuff from the original 75 hard. So it's follow a diet, no cheat meals, uh, no alcohol, two workouts a day, one's got to be outside, drink a gallon of water, read 10 pages of a book, take a progress picture of yourself. So it's kind of an interesting cycle because you go from like that in the 75 days, then you add some components and then you go into the next phase and you almost take away and go back to the original, which I thought was interesting. But you know, the more that I think about it, and obviously I don't know Andy who created this program on a personal level, but just paying attention to you know, what he shares and, you know, those types of things. Um, I think I have a pretty clear understanding as to why um, he designed it that way. Um, Cause it's all about discipline and mental toughness. Right. And so a big piece of this thing is if you look at it holistically, you've got the three 30 day periods and then you've got the one seventy five day period. So you're looking at about six months out of a year, but the kicker is that last period that I'm going to do to finish this thing has to take place the 30 days prior to when you initially started. So if I started September 8th of last year, which is I I think is when I started, that means I'll have to complete my last phase this year uh, from the first week of August to that September 8th date. 
Um, and I personally think that the, the reason it was designed that way, and I, I think that he would agree if I had a chance to talk to him about it, would, would be that in those in-betweens, you're having to make decisions to keep the train rolling or not, knowing that there's another dedicated period coming. So it's like, what do you do in between? Uh, and that's up to you. It's, you can do whatever you want. You can blow the diet. You can, you know, cut the workouts. You can quit drinking as much water, all the, you know, all these things. But, you know, I personally got to a place for me where I just wasn't happy with uh, some of the discipline that I had in certain areas. Um, and I wanted to change that. So I wanted to hold myself to a higher standard push myself further than, you know, I was pushing myself, essentially just maximize out what I'm capable of. Um, and so that's the reason that I started this thing. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been really challenging. Um, but it's been super rewarding physically and, and mentally. And so like the crossover here is just, you know, our conversation with golf. Pause a little, little bit. Sorry, did I cut out there? Yeah, you're fine. You're back. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'll just pause and kind of, I don't know what kind of questions you have maybe about like my initial, you know, why I did this. I think I covered a little bit of that. I don't know if you want to go deeper into anything there. Um, and then obviously like we've had conversations about, you know, the crossover in golf being such a mental game and kind of some of the things that I've started to, learn and figure out as I'm going through this. So what do you think? Yeah. So, so what, Maddie, what I'm most interested in, you know, I've been coaching junior golf better than two decades and we're always looking at performance at the end of the day, the kids want to perform. They want to shoot better scores in tournaments. And the fastest way to do that is to feel confident about themselves as a golf coach, golf instructor, what I've always learned to do, what I try to hold myself a standard to, I'm trying to find the root cause of problems to why their confidence is low. Mm -hmm. And speaking with you, when you and I started discussing this, I said, you know, some been doing this forever for 20 years. And I still sometimes don't take it as far back as you've taken it. Yeah. Where, you know, to me, root causes can be starting with the diet and the exercise because those lead to focus and discipline. Sure. Yeah. Focus leads to clarity and clarity ultimately will lead to confidence. So, you know, I'll be I'll be chasing the root cause sometimes back to the right hand grip, but it can go further back than that. If yeah. you're somebody that really has some habits that need to clean up diet, sleep, uh, working out to gain that mental focus and discipline to be able to actually achieve those skills and develop confidence. That's where yeah. it starts. And that's why I'm so interested because your golf game, as you've talked, you were shooting rounds, you've played better than you ever played. So the performance was there based on taking care of some of these root cause things. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I've seen, you know, there are obviously physical components that you talk about the grip, right? Like there are fundamentals to the golf game that you have to have to be consistent with ball striking and, you know, to become a good player. But there's a huge mental piece of it um, that we talk about a lot. But what I've really started to learn just for myself in applying this uh, and you see like, I don't know if you can you see comments on here? Yes. 
Agent so, Golfer, hey, how are you? Somebody said, hey, Scott, how you doing? Yeah. Um, Will Elligard. Oh, Luke Cantolo. Go socks, he says. We'll have to erase that ah, one. Go socks. <laughs> I just moved out of my socks den. We had to move into an internet spot. I, yeah. I'm in my happy place back there. I got I my socks and Celtics and Patriots gear all hung up. It's my den. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I kind of want to jump in, like, because I think this is an applicable question. So Will Elgard's on too, and um, I've got him asking about well, what if you don't like working out, you know, but want to? Is it just discipline? So it's interesting because, like, I've talked about this on my personal page a little bit where, like, for me personally, I, um, like, I struggle getting started. So, like, I, I really, like, it's tough for me to get into. Once I'm in a routine, I'm good. But, like, this last week where I ended that, you know, last phase, this last week, I've been kind of lazy. Like, I, I haven't worked out as consistently I kind of like I got to the end I was like all right my body needed a little bit of break so I took a couple days off but three days turned into four turned into five and I've had some workouts in between and you know I'm doing pretty decent with my eating and stuff like that but uh, it's tough like so when Will asks a question like that it's like I get it a hundred percent and so for me what I've tried to go back to is and when I started this journey at the beginning it was actually Shannon's idea my wife you know you need to write down like why you're doing this because there's going to become a time when it's just going to suck and you don't want to do it. And you have to be able to look back to something and remind yourself why you started this in the first place. Because if you don't, um, you know, it's going to be easy to fail because you're not really going to have like a concrete reason as to why you went into it. So, I did. And, you know, my whys were uh, the, the biggest one is kind of seems weird, but it's just a phrase that I used to say all the time was uh, like, does it have to be done right now? And so like, it's just such a powerful thing because it was kind of bleeding into different areas of my life. Like take the dishes, for example, which is a small thing, right? Doing the dishes like, all right, great. Yeah, I'll do the dishes. Like, do they have to be done right now? Like I'll, I'll do them tonight. Well, then inevitably what happens is you get busy, you don't do them tonight, and then it's tomorrow, and you're still looking at the same dishes that are sitting there. So I guess to answer, that's maybe a long-winded way to answer Will's question, but you got to figure out why you're doing it and then put things in place that are going to help you get there and have a why that's powerful that you can get back to, like, yeah, that's, that's what I really am trying to accomplish. So, hey, you hate working out. Like, so do a lot of people. Um, one of the things that I've figured out is the aftermath of working out is the rewarding piece, even as challenging as it is while you're going through it, when you're done, you feel so much better. And so I think it really just boils down to like, well, what are your goals? You know, and if, and if working out and fitness and mental health and, you know, mental toughness and discipline are things that are going to help get to your goal. Then you just need to do it anyway, is the answer. And it's not like a fun answer because it's hard. But, you know, this challenge is called 75 hard for a reason. Like, it's not easy. And so it's just one of those situations where you just got to do it anyway. So 
you know, when I made that decision to do it, um, I just went all in on it. And so it's really helped me. And I've just started noticing a lot of things. Some of the stuff that we talked about, you know, when I called you, I, I shot 71 out at Lakewood National, the commander course about a week and a half ago or so. Um, you know, I played it at 6,800 yards, probably 71 with the wind, um, you know, good distance for me. I'm 290 off the tee-ish, um, but scored really well. And I was talking to you about it where I think this was kind of the point where we realized, like, there's some information here to really tap into is I started figuring out that I was going to play this round and only hit one shot at a time. And, you know, I know you as a golf coach, have said that how many zillions of times to players <laughs> at tournaments. <laughs> uh, that's good. So, but it's hard to do, right? It's like, and so what I'm, what I'm starting to learn through doing this is, and it's it actually takes me back to a quote I think I shared with you. Uh, I was listening to a Tony Robbins podcast and he had Conor McGregor on there. And if anybody knows anything about UFC fighting and or Conor McGregor, uh, regardless of like take the distractions out of it, just look at him as a pure fighter and visionary and, you know, from a discipline from that standpoint. One of the things that he said to Tony Robbins was that he started figuring out that the only way that he was going to really take it to the next level mentally was to push himself as hard as he could physically. Because when you wear yourself out and you really gas the tank and you're, you got nothing left, but just like, what's, what's here, right? Like what's in here, you're going to really start figuring out what you're actually made of. And so, but that's not something you can just talk about. Like, you know, there's golfers out there that work with mental coaches and, you know, we have those discussions, you know, pre-round and planning and stuff like that about your mental state and, you know, being positive and, you know, stuff like that. But I'm really a firm believer now that I'm kind of putting myself through this, that one of the ways that you can really ingrain it in yourself is to push yourself physically. And it's going to help you with not only your physical health and your strength and your flexibility and everything that you need that way for golf, but it's going to help you understand how to unlock that mental piece and have the discipline to stay in that focus when you actually need to do it. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's, I don't want to just keep blabbering on, but. Um. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I'm looking for. If, if I had a student on here, I, I would say they must have heard this online programming, let's be honest, has been very challenging and hard for everybody. Uh, yeah. The kids really have to commit to it. And some of them have been fantastic. Some of them have decided that it wasn't quite for them, but how you said it was brilliant, Matt. I mean, I've said to them, if you define your why and you have those goals set and written down and you understand them, your standards and habits just have to match those, those goals. And sure. that's as simple as it gets. So if Will Elligard's on here, if he has a dream, he has a vision, he has something for his future that he's written down and he wants, uh, the plan has to become that those standards and habits have to match that vision. Because to achieve that, uh, you're just going to have to do the little things and the small things and the things that nobody wants to do. But those, sure. are, the dif those are the difference makers. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, for me, it's like, 
you can do that. And, and don't get me wrong. Like when I was Will's age and well, I'm talking to you if you're still on, I, I wasn't good at that. Like I'm 34 years old and I'm really over the past couple of years starting to understand the stuff that my dad was trying to teach me 20 years ago. Right. And so unfortunately I didn't latch onto that at the time, a hundred percent, like I could have, um, cause he was a really good example for that. Um, but now I'm starting to kind of see, like, as I unlock those things on my own, like having a lot of aha moments, I guess you would say, um, which is exciting for me because like, you know, my dad actually made a comment to me when he was talking about, you know, man, I wish I could do something like that. You know, the 75 hard or whatever. And, and I laughed because I said, well, you do that stuff every single day. It's not anything new. I mean, there's a couple of things like, you know, maybe cut out a glass of wine every couple of days or whatever the case is, but the working out, the discipline, the, you know, the reading, the, you know, all those th components, like he does every day and has done for as long as I can remember, you know, outside of like just some small little injury stuff with running or, you know, whatever stuff like that, that put him down. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you just have to do it or you have to just accept the fact that, uh, you probably won't get to where you, th you want to get to um, if you don't do those things, because there's a lot of other people out there that are. And I mean, you look at like, you know, we got that whole, like the last dance that's going on right now. I don't know if you're watching any of that. Absolutely. Devouring um, it. Could, could, yeah. Couldn't I mean, appreciate it's, just, it. it's such a, uh, like, I, I personally, like, I like Michael Jordan. I wasn't like a huge Michael Jordan fan. I wouldn't call myself, obviously. I mean, you're, Celtics guy so I mean there were some battles there right between you know the Celtics and, and Jordan but uh, but you still have like as a competitor as a you know just a, a athletic professional uh, you have to look at that stuff as an example I mean same you know rest in peace Kobe Bryant but same thing there right like just an absolute like work it to the bone I'm not asking you to do anything that I'm not doing but if you want to really elevate it, you better jump on my coattails and, you know, ride them with me because this is how we're going to get there. So, you know, I, uh, I don't with, know. With I don't know. I found wanna... most fascinating with Jordan, who, who is, who's, who's said to be the greatest basketball player of all time. Some agree, some don't. That's irregardless. Yeah. But it's, it's the losses. It's when he was down. It's when he was in pain, when he realized that, you know, he couldn't beat Detroit without becoming more physical and putting on 15 pounds. It was, yeah. it was the games that he lost that made him take that next step, the 75 hard, and say, I'm going to push through everything, through the wall to get yeah. to that, back to the championship or at his first one with Detroit beating them. So yeah. it's, 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 it's the losses and, and, really that can teach you the most and when you have most growth to be honest yeah and i mean you even you know you look at jordan you look at kobe um now kobe was the same way he had teammates come in hey man i want to shoot with you before practice great i'll meet you there at five o'clock in the morning they'd show up at four thirty because they're going to beat kobe to the gym but unbeknownst to them he's already been shooting for an hour before they even got there. So it's like, you know, those little things, like what are you doing to give yourself the edge, not only physically, but when you do stuff like that, you're giving yourself a mental edge also, because you know, 
that there aren't any, there aren't any other people out there that are doing that or probably very few people out there. I remember it kind of takes me back to a quote that my dad had when we did our podcast together, which I'm pretty sure you listened to that episode um, with my dad, but he was talking about how his coach that he, you know, kind of his mentor growing up used to tell him, you know, just remember that whenever you decide to hang it up at the end of the day and, you know, go home, there's always going to be somebody that's still working because when you look at the world, and we've got, you know, different time zones and, you know, people have, you know, just different setups, you know, that they're able to work on their game at different times. No matter what time you quit for the day, there's always going to be somebody working. So is there a little bit extra that you might be able to put in before you actually, you know, pack it in for the day? And yeah, I think there always is, right? I mean, there's sacrifices and everything, but I guess what I'm getting at too is, um, I just think that there's so much opportunity uh, to increase the mental focus through the physical component. And that's what I've really learned through this whole journey. Um, because you can talk about it, but you have to practice it. Like it's a muscle that you have to, you have to flex and you have to build. You can't just, it's like, you know, you talk about Jordan again. Like you can't just go out there and knock down the game winning shot, right? Like, you have to have put yourself, how many of those did he miss? You know, you have to like put yourself in those positions to be able to get out there and actually execute it. So, and you have to practice it. So I don't know. Those are my thoughts on it. Um, well, I, I appreciate it. Matty. I, I really like the way uh, you're communicating this message and, and I thank you for it. I actually, I've got, my son's been back from college and I've got to spend more time with him over the last few years. You know my son, Nathan, he attended IMG for six years. He's a soccer player, and yep. he, took the, he took the holistic approach. He took advantage of everything that the academy had to offer, the nutrition, and, and worked out, and he got himself in good shape. But he never performed on the field. He was always a middle-of-the-road soccer player, very average out there, and he never had confidence. And uh, I just it was very frustrating as a parent to, to watch it and see that the that this guy with some athletic ability that's working hard uh just couldn't have couldn't have the confidence to use those skills on the field in competition and at college this year he goes to Rollins College he the coach up there just they he pushed them in the gym and physically to limits that he's never been pushed before yeah. and by going that to those extra miles by doing those things and getting pushed to that level, his confidence shot through the roof and he just got a scholarship next year to, to go to college and he's, he's got awesome. a spot on the team. And so everything just started coming together and I thought he was in great shape. He thought he was in great shape, but to my original point to what you've proven and what my son Nathan is teaching me, he wasn't in good enough shape. It just yeah. wasn't allowing him to, to feel confident enough to use those skills on the field and compete. So uh, absolutely, uh, you know, I'm so interested in, in root cause, attacking weak links, if you will, and getting to those things that if you improve the one thing in that person, everything's going to clean up. And yeah. uh, for Nathan, I would have never thought it was, but it was his physical fitness. Yeah. And now he's uh, he's a guy that stands on the field and he's very confident and you know he's ready to go. 
Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, um, you know, you got to just keep pushing yourself, right? I mean, if, if that's what you want, like, and I think it, it kind of boils down to like, just being happy, like what makes you happy? And so if you're setting goals to make yourself happy, then what is it going to take to get there? And, you know, from a golf perspective and what we're talking about to elevate yourself to an elite level, um, you've really got to put in more work mentally but I think that you can really do that by doing it physically. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm kind of proven that I'm by no means an elite golfer, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, you know, your son obviously has proven that through soccer. Um, you know, there's been testimonies from all kinds of athletes uh, that have put in the work like that. Those that rise to the top 1% are, are, are doing these types of things uh, to set themselves apart. So, um, what can yeah, I do to help like any for like, what can I, do you have anything like you want me to talk about, about anything else, you know, related to this or what can I no, do to help? I, I really don't. I just wanted you to be a testament to anyone watching or any opportunity that I have to share this with my students, the importance of doing these little things. If you have goals, you have a vision for yourself. Uh, you're just going to have to do the hard work and yeah. it's in, 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 you know, Matt, there's so much that to, to take it back a step further, you and I, our relationship and our friendship at this point, you know, one thing that I, I've always respected about you is, is you're such a genuine person. You recognize that each individual is different and, and you're very real to that. You're very true to that. There's different pathways for everyone. And you're very, uh, yeah. And, and you know, you see how you just said thank you right there. Can I? I have to make. A, I have to make a comment right now. Saying thank you, everyone listening, if you're still on, this man has taught me one of the greatest lessons, and I'm trying to improve it every day. I'm still terrible at it. Uh, saying thank you when you receive a compliment, I often ruin compliments by devaluing this statement, acting overly humble, because internally. I'm thinking this prevents me from sounding arrogant. And the problem with that is deflecting the praise of a genuine compliment. I don't acknowledge the person who was nice enough to say something. And, and Matt is so confident when he says thank you. I, I always, I praise people when they do well. And Matt, you shake my hand, you look me in the eye and you say thank you. And it's just so impressive that you don't shy away from that and you own it. And uh, it means a lot to the person that's saying thank you. So one of the greatest uh, things that you've taught me and in our friendship and what I'm trying to continue to learn. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yes, by the way, I did watch the podcast or listen to the one with your father You've done yeah. some fantastic podcasts. They've all been, been wonderful. I've taken my notes and grabbed little pieces from every single one of them. But I see where the uh, deep-seated root values and, and morals and character, where they come from. And uh, he, I appreciated that podcast the most. I really thought he knocked it out of the park, living life every day hard and yeah. uh, just developing those great habits. And it was, uh, it was a treat to listen to your dad to be totally Thanks. honest. Thanks. Yeah. Anything that you remember specifically? Yeah, everything. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I've got my notebook. It, it was, it was just what you said. It was that, it was that each one of those little pieces, he knows exactly 
what his values are and he refers back to him he says i'm going to take care of my 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 family i'm going to take care of my faith i'm going to take care of my and he has them compartmentalized and mm. having that tree and those values right there those four or five things everything just trickles down from there and yeah. it just makes him uh that's his why that's his for sure why. And, yeah. and it makes the rest of it not so hard. Yep. yep. And it's just, uh, it was inspiring to hear somebody that was, again, so genuine about it, so real. Yeah, you made me think, I'm going to look off for a second here because I'm going to try to find it real quick. Um, I have my notebook out in my den, but we've moved location to this, uh, to the kitchen and I don't have all my, my notes with me. That's all right. I'm trying to find, oh, I think I found it. Um. It was something he said that I actually made into like a little video with words on it afterwards and reposted it. But we were talking about discipline and cause I just asked him like, you know, obviously he's been a good example for that over my whole life. Um, like how have you stayed so disciplined over the years? And one of the things is like exactly what you said, you know, I'm going to take care of, you know, these four or five things and you know, everything that I do, I'm going to make sure it maps back to, you know, one of those. Um, but what he said specifically about discipline was discipline really comes from wanting to get better and succeed at something. And like, that's a super powerful thing in my opinion too. Hey, look, Tom Crinion just joined. Remember old Tommy? <laughs> Do I remember the Peaky Blinders? Yeah. I love the haircut. Um, I hope he's still got, I don't know what he's doing with his hair. I I'd love I don't to see know. what it looks like right now because he always had it tight on the side and that's right. You know, Tom, send us a picture of your hair. Tom, send us a picture, please. <laughs> um, but that quote, like, I mean, it's just such a powerful thing to, to reflect on, right? Because, like, it is that simple. It's a pretty simple, like, description of what discipline is. But at the same time, like, it's just really powerful. Like, what's important to you? What do you want to get better at? What do you want to succeed in? Okay, prove it basically right like if that's what you want like don't just talk about it like actually put things in place to get there so you know i think specifically with the junior golf world i mean it's uh it's tough to do that you know as a young kid i get that um you know because you've got so many things going on you know and i think that if you can find a good balance um but also pay attention to, you know, making sure that you're doing things that align with what's important to you. You know, hopefully that makes you happy. And if it doesn't make you happy, then retool it, right? And try to figure out like, what is really gonna make me happy? And then set some new boundaries and some new goals. And, you know, maybe that's to play at the highest level. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's to have aspirations of playing professionally. Maybe it's not. And that's okay. Like you said earlier, like everybody's an individual and everybody's different. So as long as you've defined what that is for you and you're able to map then your actions to try to get there, I think it works. You? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, 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 again, I steal a lot of lines. I'm not, I'm not always original. Uh, our director of golf, Kevin Craggs, he, he, he tells the kids, you know, tune into the radio station WBM, what's best for me? So you've always got to be honed into that. I've known too many junior golfers and successful amateurs trying to be professionals that 
you know, they were very focused at a certain point, but then all of a sudden the horse blinders come down. They start looking at what others are doing. They lose sight of who they are and what their value is and their path. And therefore, uh, they don't achieve that, that goal that they were trying to achieve. So stay tuned yep. into what's best for you. You've got to learn what your best version of you is and, and develop your own plan, your own 75 hard. But everybody's successful. That's what they're doing. They, they have to choose to do those little things. Maddie, if yep. the why is powerful enough, if you really want it bad enough, you're probably going to end up doing it. Yep. Yep. For sure. I agree. Um, anything else you want to chat about? Yeah, there's a lot I want to chat about, but maybe not live. We'll, uh, we'll catch okay. up at another point. I yeah. just, I really wanted to, I'm going to send this out to my kids. If we can, we can get some kind of copy or somehow and for sure, we'll, just, we'll reinforce. It's so good to hear people rather than just talk about doing something, somebody that's in, in action live, that's going through it and, and seeing the results of it, seeing the performance, as we said. Yeah. Well, and what I'll say too, before we kind of, move towards wrapping up is I don't want it to come across as like a um, like a highlight reel right like what I'm talking about and like the successes of it because there are major challenges with it too like in between the phases and trying to figure out what to do to keep your momentum and trying to stay disciplined and you know those types of things um, or like you know I shoot 71 a week and a half ago and I shot 78 at the end of the week or 79 at the end of the week i shot 78 yesterday and shot 35 on the front so like there's things that i'm still working through um like it wasn't like i shot 71 and was like all right i'm back in the saddle like this is what it's going to be forever going forward i'd love it to be <laughs> but i'm also like you know shooting 35 on the front yesterday that was something that was a good takeaway, but I was three under through six holes. So, you know, where did I miss there? You know, where did I, you know, mentally, it wasn't a physical thing. I, I just, you know, I get, maybe I got in my own head a little bit too much. So, but my point in saying all of that is I feel like if I can continue to push myself physically to kind of keep digging deeper into that mental capacity, the consistency of what I did a week and a half ago is going to show up more often rather than yesterday, 35, 43. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And, and again, to reiterate that the failures, most of the champions, they've taken those failures. It's how they've handled those, what they've done with them, how they've grown from those, those licks, if you will, uh, if Will Doctor's still on here, him and I talk about taking a lot of licks and, uh, you know, how are you going to handle those? And, yeah. and you saw Jordan, he took every one of those failures and it motivated him to new heights. He, he did what he had to do from those yeah. failures. So it's not always just yeah. shooting 71. You gain benefit from uh, seeing what you need to improve on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, well, I appreciate it, man. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, always. Kind of broke you. me into a, a new territory here, which I, I like. I think I can foresee a couple more of these coming down the pike. So, um, you know, for those of you that are listening, I'll, I'll repost. I'll save this video. Scotty, I'll send it to you so that you can put it up with your folks. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I'll save it. I'll repost it if I can uh, here or maybe on Facebook or I've got a LinkedIn page, too, for Junior Golf Keys. Um, 
so I can do that. And then let's see what else. I think what I'm also going to try to do is uh, rip the audio off of this video and then just upload it on my podcast as well. So people can listen to our conversation there. So I've had a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. I think it's been uh, beneficial. Hopefully some people see some value and, you know, pull that out of it and helps them in their journey. Hey, any time spent with you is of value. We're brothers and uh, we're always going to help each other out. So I'm always here if you need anything, Maddie. Thank you for all you are. And again, how real you are. I couldn't appreciate that more. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, man. Have a great day. See ya. Well, guys, that wraps up episode 38 of Junior Golf Keys uh, with my good friend Scott Becker from IMG Academy. Uh, like I said, a little bit of a different twist this week, but I hope you guys were able to take away some value from this episode. Uh, just really appreciate, you know, Scott and him coming on and, you know, sharing in some conversation with me and being interested in, you know, something a little bit different that I'm doing that uh, could potentially, you know, help his students and, you know, some of you young players that are out there uh, looking to develop your mental side of the game uh, through physical fitness. You know, I'm a firm believer in that. You've heard me talk about it. Um, you know, I think that there's a really big opportunity to push yourself uh, mentally by pushing yourself physically. So something I'm living right now and uh, really happy to get to share it with you guys. So it was a great idea by Scott to kind of, you know, go through some of this stuff and, you know, pick out some information and see what we can do to help you guys and, and help his students. So I really appreciate you tuning in. If you did take away some value from this episode, uh, please share it. Please leave a review. Also make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on the exciting guests that we've got coming up. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.